I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Liliana. Liliana and I have been friends for a few years now and have recently been enjoying a virtual book club together. I have learned so much from her. She is incredibly intelligent and comes to us today with her professional background in tow. She is a reading specialist who has taught middle school for years. I am really excited about her book flight because I've not gotten to this point yet with my kids, but I'm sure some of you listeners have and ours will be right around the corner. Her book flight today will focus on YA books for boys, especially books that are highly engaging and will appeal to reluctant readers. I feel lucky to have her on the show today. Welcome, Liliana. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay, I'm so glad we could make this work together. (laughs) Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your reading life? Well, I have always been a reader. I've always loved reading. From as young as I can remember, I was pretty introverted, so I would have my book with me as kind of a, a little social barrier. <laughs> if I was uncomfortable, <laughs> I could be like, well, I'm going to just read my book now. And uh, it got me out of some situations, but it also let me uh, explore. As an introvert, you miss out on a lot of opportunities, but it kind of opens doors for you. And then it actually kind of brought me out of my shell because I was able to you know, read about interactions and learn about um, how people do, you know, approach situations that gave me some more, you know, understanding of how to do that myself. That makes sense. I would read about these characters, oh, this got a lot of spunk and look how she's talking and I could adopt some of these things. So it it kind of did help me model better behaviors to become less introverted. Because that's a tough path in life to be too introverted where you're uncomfortable all the time. Yeah. And I think it also... It also gives you some conversation topics as well. Like, I mean, I find especially even more so as an adult, I might be like, hey, have you read this book? I think you might really like it. You know, it's a great thing to pop in if you're feeling like, "Ah, okay, where do we need to go with this conversation? Oh, yes, definitely. And I do that all the time. I love whenever I see people and now it's become a little the opposite way. I see someone reading a book. I'm like, hi, what are you reading? And it's kind of a little, maybe a little more introverted I should be, but uh, I love just seeing when someone looks engrossed in a book, I'm like trying to peek at the title. You know, I love uh, book discussions. Yeah. This is right up my alley. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I have this memory pop in my mind of being in sixth grade and I moved to a new school that year. And it was shortly after we moved to this new school. And I mean, that's just a hard time to move anyways. Yes. <laughs> with with children, we're going to do talking about that age range a little bit. Um, and we would get 15 minutes to read in our English class. And whatever book I was reading was really engrossing. And I had my legs like wrapped around each other twice. Like, I don't even know how to describe this without showing you a picture. Actually, I can picture it. <laughs> yeah. And I was so engaged in this book. And I remember the kids making fun of me. They're like throwing out these little snide comments of like, ooh, she must be really liking her book and being like just horrified because I was so engrossed in my book that they kind of broke me out of that like reverie a little bit. And I was like, well, yeah, I was. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, but I was totally introverted and very shy and it was just painful being the new kid as was. So it was not the moment I wanted to have happen, but I feel you on that introvert, yeah, (laughs) introvert status. 
So now in your adult life, how do you find time to read in your day? Well, I make time to read. I kind of carve out times that are, especially with my daughter, our reading time. And I like that. It's like, this is a sacred time. And it makes, you know, especially weekend mornings, we have a routine. I think as you know, as, as a mom routine, you know, you live or die by the routine. If you don't yes. have one, good luck. <laughs> so I make reading part of our routine. I know a lot of people do bedtime and that's awesome. And I like that too. But usually, you know, you're winding down. You don't want to spend, you know, they'll try to drag that time out for sure. You know? mm-hmm. But I like to have weekend mornings for sure will be time with her. And any, I mean, I will find time wherever I have downtime. And I know we've talked, I've not on social media. So it gives me a little bit more breathing room for time. So when you have that downtime, I can um, just work it in wherever I have books with me. And I prefer hardcover books. Like I think Mm -hmm. almost everyone said on the previous podcast, we love the hardcover, but we understand how convenient having a book, an app, a Kindle or, you know, you know, tablet or something. So I'll read on both because it's just so easy and waiting in carpool line. If I have time here or there or waiting for my daughter's gymnastics class to start, I can easily break it out and start reading. So I carve out time and then I make a point. If I have nothing to do for a moment, I just, it's like my go-to. I love it. That is great. I feel like that has been a common theme of everybody I've had on the show so far is just, we're really carving out time in our day to ensure that we're reading like it in my mind, it's coming to that. It's almost sacred. It's almost a sacred time that you're ensuring that you have in the day. So great tip. Yes. And I love it. I look forward to it. And if I miss it, you know, some people have their, well, if I miss my workout, oh, it ruins my day. If I miss reading time, you know, then I feel like I I, I missed like my touchstone, like the thing I love so much that just makes me happy. So I always make it a priority. Yeah, I always think my like sacred time is the morning and I feel like it it helps ground me for the day. It just sets the day up to be successful. (laughs) Yes. All right. What type of books do you like to read? I love, well, historical fiction is my favorite genre. And I I would have said in the past, science fiction and fantasy were the two I wasn't as interested in. But now my daughter's really into them. So I'm seeing it more through her eyes. I did read a few when I was younger, but I would always gravitate towards realistic fiction, uh, historical fiction. And I, I love memoirs. I mean, I just love to read almost anything. But now I'm opening up a little more to science fiction and fantasy. Yeah, I actually had our guest from episode four on for that reason, because I'm like, I this is just a genre I have not explored. And so I'd love to have a trusted source tell me where to start with it. Cause I'm like, I, I don't know if I really dislike it. I think I just haven't tried it. So I haven't read enough of it to see if it really would work for me or not. So oh, definitely. Cause when I was a kid, wrinkle in time, a wrinkle in time yeah. just blew my mind. And so it's weird to me that this is why I think it's so great what you're doing, because if someone would have said now read this, you know, that you love that, it probably would have put me on a path to be more of a science fiction slash fantasy later but I just thought that was kind of an anomaly and I didn't go back to that type I went back to what I used to always read but I don't even know how I stumbled across it probably was given to be my teacher and I loved it so much so it is weird that I didn't continue that way so I sometimes guiding people it can be and especially kids um, to keep them moving with that momentum it can really change things so yeah well I think this is a great segue why don't we talk about 
maybe what a reluctant reader looks like and any tips you may have for us on that. And I do love that you're using that term reluctant reader. Because I It's so hard when people do say struggling reader and it just sounds so, you know, it's got just that different connotation. And I think, you know, we all struggle at different times and different things, but for reluctant readers, you know, they can read, obviously at that point, we're looking at middle schoolers and there's a, really a variety of reasons why they may be reluctant to read. You know, it could be a con competing priorities with, mm -hmm. you know, those, you know, the tablets and the games and other things, they may, it might be something they don't feel successful in. They may feel like they don't have the attention span. They have these ideas of themselves not being readers or never being the strong readers. So all these things can, can discourage them from picking up a book. So, and we know how important, we definitely know how important it is to read. And we want kids to expand their vocabulary, comprehension, and work on strengthening their attention span and being able to read for periods of time is important because we have to, can't just skim our way through life. Um, yeah. Some people are successful at that, but we have to be able to, to have sustained effort moving forward in almost any career you're going to have to, you know, purchase a house, you need to read these documents, you need to be able to sit and focus. And so all of these are great and it can be something they enjoy. So yeah. I think that there's a lot of reasons why uh, they would be reluctant. And if um, I would urge first off the bat to talk to your child's teacher for what they're seeing, because if they're reluctant, there could be an issue that they're coming against that working with a reading specialist, which is available at almost every school, could address that issue and just unlock it for them. And that yeah. could be a small stumbling block. And there's so many that you don't even think of. People just think, oh, dyslexia is the only issue people have with reading. And that is not the case. So there could be tons of it, it, comprehension, little things that could be adjusted, little tweaks that could be made that all of a sudden change their experience with reading completely. And that is so rewarding to see. So I love working with kids. But then I also like connecting them with those books because I will say, and I could go on about this forever, so cut me off at any <laughs> point. But when I would teach kids and I would say, you know, who likes to, you know, read? You know, and I would see, you know, a few kids and especially middle school ages when it usually drops off, they, parents would say, they used to read a lot in elementary. I don't know what happened. Yeah. It's that time period they drop off as readers. And so I would say, who likes to read? And then they, you know, some hands would shoot up and then a lot of them would be like shaking their heads. And then I'd say, who likes to read boring books? And I'll be like, put those hands down. No one, if you, maybe you just had a lot of boring books in your life, you know, like you haven't connected with the right book because there are so many amazing young adult authors out there. It's a, such an exciting time to introduce readers. And there's yeah. so many great ones out there. I could go, you know, I was like just trying to narrow down my list. And there's um, a lot of things that we can do to introduce them and just kind of hook them into the process. And I love reading because it just, I've always said, it's just like climbing into someone else's imagination and exploring. Yeah. What do you think about? Like, this is so exciting. So I really want uh, kids to get to experience that too. Yeah. And I, I love that myself. I think in just reading, like you said, just getting to crawl around and explore a different Yes. you know a different for me it's usually historical fiction so exploring a different time period or a different place but I'm also learning at the same time I do really love that when I'm like feel like oh yeah I'm getting something out of it too um question about the readers so do you suggest still doing family read-alouds or like read-aloud time with even at the middle school age I know obviously the benefit of them reading themselves and digesting the mm -hmm. material but do you also suggest that 
Well, you know, I, as a middle school teacher, even taught sixth, seventh and eighth, they still love to be read to. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I would do uh, like first chapter. And this is something you can do with kids because we do have the ability to do samples of books. And if it's not yeah. going to hook them right off the bat, there's no sense purchasing or making the trip to the library and having a book that's just cluttering up and gathering dust here. Mm-hmm. I love going on those samples with them. So I would do things um, with the students where I'd have them read like a sampling, a first chapter. And I find these and then they would immediately if they liked it or not they would go on to um, you know our one of our online book sources or you know we have the library and all these things that the kids can access on their tablets now at school and some of them I would say okay abandon it just if it's not capturing just a waste of your time you know we got to find the right one it's just like finding you know that partner in life but luckily you'll get multiple great books in your life you don't have that one soulmate book and that's it sure but I would, I would say that sometimes bringing them in and, and reading, I would do uh, almost like a book club with a middle schooler. If you're a reader, first of all, the modeling of the reading and making that a part and a priority of your, like a part of your life and a priority is something from a young age to do with them. And if they can see that, you know, the value of reading and what you get from reading and you've had those positive experiences when they're younger um, all of that will line up to make it easier. But say you're a middle school, you have a middle school child now, and maybe reading wasn't a big part of your life, then it would be, I would recommend, especially for a boy, um, finding one of these engaging books, and then maybe even a, either you read it with them, like you're also reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you read and take turns and you'll read parts aloud to them or just to get them hooked into it. But we do really want them at this age to be reading independently and getting that time. So for small bits, you could maybe have it be worth a read aloud, you know, just to get okay. them excited about it. Like, I'm going to read you a couple samples, which one's piquing your interest, something like that, maybe. And, you know, stop me at any time, but this one's not it, you know, like almost like on the X factor, those things where they hit the X, you know, like you're yep. out, you're done, you know, which <laughs> I hate watching that happen to people. But with a book, I would recommend, you know, don't, it's not the one for you. Let's move it on because they struggle and they hate it. And I do it too. I, I abandoned books. Yeah. I know you said previously, you felt like I'm good. I started this, I'll finish it. Yeah. Do it. Like it's too, there's too many good books out there. It's that. been something I've had to tell myself that I can do almost give myself the permission that I can abandon books. So maybe learning that skill back in middle school would have been beneficial. Uh, yeah. But I had one thought come into mind as you were talking that that's such a sweet is the word, but such a great way to stay connected with your kid as well, especially I feel like during those ages of middle school. But if you had this book club with them, that would be a great way to keep that connection going. Yes. And so some parents, when they hear that suggestion, they will um, shut down because they don't want to read one of those books. (laughs) So then I would, I always just increase comprehension. I'll always say, okay, so they're not reading it, but be involved in it and say, Hey, so what's happening? Who's, mm-hmm. who's the, what's the book about? Oh, it has this this guy, Alex, or whatever. Well, what's he about? You know, and just ask those questions. You can have book club sure. style questions. And then if they say, well, now he's moved. Well, why do you move? You know, and you're making them think and have those um, deeper connections with the text and really pulling that comprehension piece. So they have to be able to explain it to you and then explain the nuances. It could be really, it really makes it better for them too. So like, wait, yeah, why did he? Oh, so is he like the, is he like the, you know, the bad guy in the book or something? No, he's not. Well, well why would he have done that? You know, and you could just ask him those things and you've never read it, but you're just yeah. curious. 
and that um, and that engagement with them, you know, just any conversations you have with your kid are going to be valuable in one way or another. So why not have a couple about what they're reading? Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll see that you maybe you aren't reading it, but they're like, oh, they're invested in my story. They want to know what's happening, too. Yes. So some ideas. Okay, I love all of those tips. Do you have any other ones you want to give us or? Well, I will say that once one other, there's a lot of great resources online. Um, I will say that when you are looking for books for your child, and if you do find that one, like I did A Wrinkle in Time, I loved it, Mm -hmm. but then I stopped there. Um, There are some great resources like Scholastic.com has something called Book Wizard, and you can type in a book and they have a book alike feature. So it'll list similar books underneath in the similar reading levels. Okay. And then you can adjust some of those things and look, you know, if you liked a book two years ago, some of the, uh, I mentioned, I'll mention Rick Roryman later because he's a great author. Percy Jackson, a lot okay. of kids will say, I'll, I'll say to them, well, what's the last book you enjoyed? You know, you read it in school or out. What's the last one you really liked? Well, I like, I like Percy Jackson. I said, well, you know, he's written, he's still writing. There's plenty yeah. more and other similar ones. So you can put in Percy Jackson and look for ones at a higher level that maybe they progress past that. So Book Wizard on Scholastic is amazing with the book alike feature. And I would say, I also, if you don't have time and we, I don't think anyone has time to screen every book that a child reads, sure. you have to be careful with young adult books because some authors will introduce, uh, to make it really engaging, will introduce some elements into the books that you may not want your child introduced to at that point as an 11 to 12 year old sixth grader, you may not want them to read about some of these things and topics, um, which might be appropriate in other settings or for high schoolers at a lower reading level. So you have to be really careful because you might have a a 10th grader who's, who's a little bit behind with their reading. So that will be engaging for them, but not appropriate for your sixth grader. So I would say um, like Common Sense Media is one of my favorite websites to go to. I don't know if you've ever gone to it. it. No. Oh, my goodness. For movies and everything. Okay. Common Sense Media will tell you, it'll drill down, like especially with movies and cartoons, everything in there that's uh, potentially um, questionable. Yeah. There's language. Okay. Even consumerism. Like if you don't want too much of that. So. Um, it does give you, I think, limits unless you purchase a membership. You can look up three things every so often, you know, from sure. each device or something like that. But you can look up a lot of books, too, and they'll tell you recommended reading ages and recommended interest level. So sometimes you'll see the reading age is lower, but the interest level is higher. So they're trying, again, targeting those older kids and who don't want to read babyish books, but maybe can't sure. read books on their level. So you don't want to match that with a younger child that happens to be an advanced reader. So it yeah. gets really sticky because there are a few books out there, especially for girls, which I'd love to do another one if we yeah, can. We'll have we to have you back. For girls. Because some of the things that are introduced for girls, you know, I don't, it, I, it, you have to be really careful. Yeah. I feel like that was not one aspect of parenting that I was really ready for, like, you know, just, I don't know, shielding the shielding or protecting our kids or just bringing that thing, bringing those things in when it's age appropriate for them yes. <laughs> and navigating and movies that. Are rated, it helps you with movies. Yeah. But still, sometimes it could have some things in there that you didn't really want. But I really wish books would have that rating too, you know, or something yeah. more clearly 
indicated may contain, you know, just some video games look like they have it, contains whatever. But I wish books would sometimes have that disclaimer because you can't pre-read them all. No, I, we just don't have time. So we already are talking about how to fit reading into our day, let alone then to be able to screen books, let alone for three children or something, you know? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. You're, you're pulling all-nighters trying to read this next book and you're going to give them no. Yeah. Yeah, it would be very challenging. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I know that you have prepared for us a YA book flight f- specifically focusing on boys. Yes. So what are we going to be sampling today? Okay, well, I have three different books that are really geared towards middle school age boys. So uh, and different levels and different genres. Just okay. Have the full gamut depending on what um, what they're interested in. But the first one is a, is Alan Gratz's Refugee. He's a okay. fantastic, fantastic author. Um, this book is historical fiction. All almost, I think most of his books are historical fiction, which you know I love. Yeah. But this this book has um, a couple elements that may be more challenging for a, a reader, some readers, because it comes from three different perspectives, oh, which okay. is exciting. But sometimes shifting perspectives and shifting time periods the way this book does could be challenging to keep track of. Sure. And I know from when, well, one of the Amandas you've had on so far likes to take notes when she reads. And I know because her and I discussed this in the past. So this may be one where they have an accompanying to keep track. And they have some things online for this book. But it is so, so good and worth getting past that point. Because each each chapter will have a from each of the three characters and they're very short chapters and they almost all of them end with a big cliffhanger. So it's really exciting. And each story is equally exciting. So it's not like they're sometimes when you have that, you're like, Oh no, not this character again. I want to flip through it to get to the really good character. All of them are so good that it's fantastic. And so they have three main characters, Joseph. um, And he is a, Jewish boy, they're all around the same age, Jewish boy in Germany in the 1930s. So he's dealing with, you know, the Nazis at that time. And then we have Mahmoud. Um, He's Syrian and he's from 2015. And then we have Isabel. She's Cuban in 1994. So totally different time periods. So I read this actually with my middle schoolers and it was a hit. And they were so, they were so excited and they, each connected in different ways to the different characters, but a lot of the boys really connected to Mahmoud because it was from 2015 and he had a you know, phone and there was things that they could relate to. Sure. But then a lot of them really were interested in, you know, Joseph's experience. And then even Isabel was such a strong female character that and she was so brave that a lot of those, a lot of the boys were like, she's amazing. You know, so it's not just, you have a female character and then believe me, um, she's awesome. So they, all these kids just do things that they that when the students were reading it, they just couldn't imagine themselves being put in those circumstances and making those self-detect connections. Okay, if you were in their shoes, they're like, wow, yeah. I can't imagine. And you know, so and that's why I love historical fiction and said, well, this isn't this didn't exactly happen, but this essentially happened in so many ways. And so, you know, different variations of the same story were true. And so yeah. really hooks them in. And it's fast paced and it's a, it's a fantastic book. I'm so excited based off just that little intro of like, 
well, how does this story progress and what happens? Like, maybe I just need to pick this up for myself. <laughs> oh, honestly, I loved reading it. I loved it. And sometimes, you know, I, well, I love young adult books too, but some of them I'm like, okay, well, they're all, they're all right. But this one was fantastic. And he has a lot of other books too. And I definitely recommend Alan Gratz. All right. Because you, you have tough scenes, but it doesn't, I mean, and so it's obviously because of, you can tell that the refugees, there's going to be some tough content and some things that happen, but it's still, um, so this is middle school. I wouldn't do it to the younger kids, even if they're higher readers, because there's going to be some tragic things that happen, obviously, sure. with this type of story, but it didn't need to, it doesn't have, you know, the explicit language and all the things that I, I feel like he sh shies away from over the top things we don't need to expose them to too much if that makes sense like yeah. we can have the stories and have those heartfelt connections and and the grief and everything without taking it to too you know developly inappropriate level for them where all of a sudden they're exposed to something they don't need to read yeah so yeah. he does target the young adult oh i love that and i um I'm really not familiar with YA myself, so uh, this is a totally new author to me, but yeah. he sounds fantastic. <laughs> and you will be. I mean, it's coming soon. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I was like. I know it's coming. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add on that one? No, I just, I think, I can't imagine anybody not enjoying the book, so. Yay. Okay, so that was Refugee by Alan Gratz. And then what is your second book? The second one, I want to make a plug for graphic novels. And... I think there's a lot of uh, stigma attached to graphic novels. You know, people are like, oh, the comic books? Oh, that's not really reading. And, you know, they have a different view of what graphic novels are and what they offer. Graphic novels are amazing, especially for reluctant readers, mm -hmm. because that they may they may have just troubles, like we spoke before, about why they may be reluctant readers. Some kids just really struggle with visualizing when they read. So that's a big barrier when yeah. you're trying to read anything they don't have that mental picture. And that is something that can be addressed and corrected working with a reading specialist or a teacher uh, or even, you know, a parent that's knowledgeable about this or, or gets those resources in. But this kind of bridges that gap. And they also sometimes feel as if, oh, I'm reading without really reading. I'm, I'm kind of pulling one over here or something. <laughs> but these have been written to be, uh, they, they have higher reading level ones. They even have No Fear Shakespeare has graphic novels and they're awesome. Hmm. Great okay. graphics. And so there's there are some that you're going to have that vocabulary introduction you want, the complex characters, you know, the complex plots and, and, and conflicts that you, they have to really grapple with in a graphic novel format. It's not only for the young, young ones. So the book is, and I don't want to butcher the author's name i'll do my best but amulet which by kazu kibuishi okay i'm sure you'll have it in, written below so someone could find I it <laughs> it's actually part of a series too and it is every child i have given this book to and so i will say i'll have that one i've always there's always one like young sixth grade boy or something that no, you're not going to find a book for me you know no nope, <laughs> no you're not going to I, and they're like, just just look at this I just drop it on their desk. I always have a copy of this one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's there's more, you know, because they, they want to keep going. It's the graphics, the artwork is beautiful. And this is a fantasy story. So kind of let me just set the scene. It's there's it's the first of an eight book series. Okay. So the room to grow with it. 
but there is some, you know, again, this is for middle school. So there are some deaths and some kind of scary elements in the book. So they have the death of their father and the siblings, Emily and Naven or Naven, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, they have to move into, with their mother into like a family home that was owned by their great grandfather. And they discover this amulet, hence the title. And it kind of has these protective powers. They end up traveling to this alternate world. They've got to battle through this robots and all kinds of like beautifully drawn things and um, try to save this other world. And it's like this great adventure story, but really a lot of cliffhangers and fast paced and exciting. Does that, is that just happen in book one or is this what happens through the series? This is just book one. Book one wow. wild. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. happening. And and kids may, just, just as a side note, most kids just intuitively will pick up how to read a graphic novel, but it's the, you know, top to bottom, left to right um, when you're reading. Unless you're reading some of the manga books, which I'm not including in here because some of the, you have to be careful with some of the manga books and what they um, introduce because some okay. of them can have some content. But for graphic novels, so many great ones out there, but they just kind of pat, going from that, you know, top left corner, go right and then down um, just to follow the flow, which as, if you ever read a comic, we're familiar with it, but some kids may have never picked one of these up. Like, what? how do I even do this? Where do I go with the speech bubbles and things? So kind of get make sure they understand the flow, but they'll pick it up probably pretty quickly. Okay, that was going to be my question. Is this the comic book from our day? <laughs> <laughs> no oh my gosh if you they're so different some of the, and the artistry is amazing so it really does get it exciting and I think if you were to introduce like so you have a completely reluctant reader and you get them into some of these graphic novels and then you start to, to hone in because they have some about soccer players they have all sorts of mm -hmm. um, graphic novels it doesn't have to be just a fantasy science fiction then you find a genre they really love then you could get them into like that more chapter book, you know, like, okay. oh, so if you like this type of thing and we're working on our visualizations and so on. Now let's try to transition into something that is going to make it even richer for them. So I could see where this good segue. Yeah. I was, I could see where this, um, the graphic novels though could be very engaging. Like you said, cause I've seen a few at the library that I flipped through and I'm like, Oh, this is pretty cool. It seems really neat. Yes, and but I would be mindful of some graphic novel books are um, again be careful with content because there's some, and I'll I'll get more into it with the the girls uh, episode, but some of them uh, I mean I'm not the biggest fan of those that are you know there's a lot of you know rude comments you know there's a lot of um, you know like bullying type things that are accepted mm -hmm. and they'll and some of the books that are written again they're maybe geared towards older kids that are, um, you know, struggling readers. So I guess these middle school, they may enjoy them and they may be okay, but that's why I'd be careful with the kids around our children's age. They can read them too. They're at the, they may be at that reading level, but sure. it's really not for them. And some middle schoolers, I, I, I've seen them, you know, get, picking them up in the library and I'm like, okay, you know, at least they're reading, but then I'll try to gear them. Okay, let's go this direction after they finish that one. Let's, let's try to go here. Let's try to go there. Because I, I would rather them read something that has some substance to it. They can learn from it instead of too much fluff that they probably are already seeing online or in other places. You know, I'd rather it be something that has um, some good content for them. 
Agreed. That is what I was hoping, um, you know, maybe for a future episode we could talk about is how to navigate the fluff because I feel like uh, right now going to the library with sm three smaller children, it already is a bit of a gaggle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I usually have a couple written down that I'm like, we must get these. Um, but then you all can pick out a book, but then we come home with some and I'm like, oh, these are just painful. Like, cause they really don't have any substance behind them. And I'm like, mommy, I, I usually read them once and then I like try to hide them to like take back to the library without them knowing. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I know exactly. So I'm like, let's just look towards this and that. And again, I have, I can definitely address, you know, children reading in the, the mid to upper elementary as well. Like at different time, we'd all say focused here. Because sure. I, you know, as a reading specialist, it's K through 12. So I, I've had to find books for kids at all different levels. So it's, um, there's just so much out there. So that's the good news is that there's plenty to choose from, but just be mindful for sure. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I know we've kind of veered off a little bit from our second book, but we'll do yes. a little recap here. But that was Amulet by Kazu Kibuishi. And then what is your third book that you brought today? The third book, oh, this one's fantastic. And I love this author and everything that he's doing. Um, Andrew Clavin, he wrote The Last Thing I Remember. And it's also a series. And I love when you get them in a series because they're hooked. Mm -hmm. um, now, this book, I would say um, what he does is it is a crazy with a crazy story. Um, it's, a, it's a high schooler is the, the protagonist or main character. His name is Charlie West. So I would say depending on how your sixth grader is, if they're um, more on the younger, sensitive side, I would maybe say seventh grade plus. Okay. But most sixth grade boys um, loved it. You know, it just sometimes you do might find one that doesn't like anything too intense because it's more of an adventure, high-paced, um, really stressful <laughs> story. But it starts off and it's the craziest hook. He's, um, he wakes up, he doesn't know... He just wakes up. The last thing he remembers, he was in his room. He doesn't really remember what happened. And he's strapped to a chair. And it's like, there's like, he's like, looks like he's in a potentially a torture room or something to that effect. He has no <laughs> idea how he got there. And he hears someone outside the door ordering his death. Like, we've got to get rid of him. And he's like, how did this happen? He has no memory of it. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to escape. He's trying to like put the pieces together. So it's got this mystery aspect. How did this happen? And he's a really good kid. Like he was doing his like science work or something or math homework. And he is a high school and he was chatting with his friends. So he's like, we did chat, you know, and so it's kind of got that mystery aspect where they're trying to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. And all of his responses, and he doesn't turn into like a superhero all of a sudden or something. His like responses are like relatable to the kids and like the limitations that he has. Like it's not all of a sudden he develops this super, you know response so I think the kids connect to him like oh yeah I can see I would probably have done the same thing and and then yeah. what would I have done and you know they, they go on this journey with him and they are hooked and this is a this is a chapter book it's I think 300 something pages it is a, a solid book wow but I, it's the other one I'll give them amulet and then I will give this one is always always a hit so uh what I, what I love about it is this this author um you know, he's really um, applauded in like Christian circles because he does not introduce anything inappropriate, you know, like he okay. keeps like strong value base and doesn't want to have like the language and he, you can do this, you can make an exciting, exciting story and still keep it on the conservative side where you don't want to introduce them to things they shouldn't read about. So it's wonderful. It's oh, really wonderful. It and it's so part good. of a series. So 
It's exciting from the get-go. Right off the bat, it gets fun. The cover even was, as I was uh, typing these out and making sure I had things spelled correctly, I looked it up the other uh, last night and I was like, Oh wow! Even the cover, I'm like, oh, what is he fo- being followed by a twister or something? Or what's I know, going yeah. on? <laughs> it's great, and I enjoyed reading it. I mean, I didn't read the whole series. I just want. I said, okay, this is going to get them, and I loved, you know, everything I read about the author. So I wanted to, you know, back in my, you know, before having, uh, you know, before having a child, I was able to do a little more of sure. their reading with. So I would read a lot of young adult before I would start handing them out because I wanted to always be careful I attempted to screen as many things I, everything I bought for the, my classroom library but then that becomes overwhelming so but I read I did read that entire book and loved it and thought this is this is fantastic they make books like this oh that is great in my mind I'm thinking I can't wait to read these but I always think with my kids just slow down time so I won't rush <laughs> it we'll get there <laughs> it's not going anywhere it'll be there for yeah. you <laughs> Um, and then did you have a dessert pairing for us as well? Yes. Yeah, because yes. normally know. I try to provide these, but this is a genre that I really didn't know. So I, I figured your expertise is probably better than mine on this one. Yes, I do have the dessert pairing. And then I have just that kind of a list of other authors too. Okay. I, I was trying to just narrow down, but there's so many great ones. So we have like, so my pairings had, we had historical fiction. We had the um, graphic novel with the fantasy and then we had uh, the adventure. So there's so many like goofy, awesome kids in that middle school age that love comedy. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to address that too. And Gordon Corman has written so many fantastic books with hilarious characters. And so Gordon Corman wrote a book named um, Ungifted. Okay. And it has a great premise. It's the idea of kind of like the multiple intelligences. We all bring something to the table. And it's this like unconventional boy ends up in a gifted school and these kids are like the traditional gifted students who are all really good test takers and very conscientious with their schoolwork and he comes in and he's kind of a little bit more disorganized and you know it's not necessarily his priority but he has so many think outside the box gifts that Mm -hmm. he brings to the picture and with his addition to their team which they're attempting to like build this robotic thing and and they, they're very serious about this competition but he brings in the missing piece like they didn't know what else they needed they were all such you know conscientious students and we're going to figure this out what are we doing wrong and just what he brings to the picture is fantastic and it's like kind of actually gives me goosebumps bumps because it's so wonderful for kids to understand that we all have value and we all are bringing something to the table and not everyone's good at this not everyone's a, a fantastic artist and you don't have to compare, you know, because everyone I promise has something that they to offer, you know, and we have yeah. multiple things to offer. So I, and love- I remember from that age feeling like I didn't fit in. And I think you're looking for your identity at that point oh, yes. and who you are in this world. And so I think this book sounds like it would be a great fit to put in there. Like you said, that we all bring something to the table, no matter who we are. And especially if we listen to people, right? If we're yes. truly listening and hear their story, uh, there's a lot of value that we all add to one another's lives. And, you know, one thing I did, and this is total sidebar, but with middle schoolers, we would do this, you know, these activities. I know a lot of fantastic teachers out there do so many similar things, but you would write like a list of, you know, all these things, you know, categories, answer like your top book or what do you like to do, your favorite song, 
and you know, when's your birthday, everything, you know, like they answered, I forget how many questions, 20 or 25, they would answer individually. And then they would walk around and we had them like in a big gymnasium with all this, all the groups, you know, a few classes together. Mm-hmm. And they would see who they could only go to match with one person at a time. So if you guys both had the same t- favorite TV show, you'd have to find someone else. And they would see that they connected, would like had commonalities with kids that they would have no clue that they both loved this show or they both loved this song or this book or both were moved from out of town or it was really cool. So they would sign like the other kid would sign their name next to and they would see it on their paper that they had 25 different things in common with 25 different kids and that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff because sometimes That's they stay really in their cool. little bubble and they think no one gets me, but there's yeah. so many people that do. And, you know, just sometimes it's just facilitating that. So books that encourage that thinking and looking at people in different ways. I love it. Yeah. It's such a good life lesson. I feel like my dad, he really drilled that into me of that, of like, we all have something (laughs) and we all bring something to the table, no matter who you are. Um, So I love that. I will say Gordon Corman has a bunch of other ones too. So I would just recommend him as an author in general and other great authors. I know really popular Anthony Horowitz. He did the Alex Ryder series. And boys love it. They just love and they'll go from one to the next. I didn't realize he was a YA author. I've read his mystery, The Magpie Murders, I think, is his adult. They were so cool. Mm-hmm. I actually have a friend that we read them together and I'm hoping she's going to come on the show and talk about him because they he brought so much in that book that I was like, it is not just a murder mystery. <laughs> oh, yeah. But so I didn't realize he had YA. A lot of them, like James Patterson has okay. young adult books too. And I mentioned earlier Rick Rorden who wrote Percy Jackson, which a lot of kids will either be exposed to in you know, upper elementary or lower middle, or they may read it in their class. He has the Heroes of Olympus series. And I had students that were just stalking the library for the next one. You know, like when <laughs> someone still has it checked out, you know, I'm like, wow, these must be fantastic. If they like mythology, yeah, point them in that direction. Okay. And then we have um, just a classic, Margaret Peterson Haddix. She wrote the Shadow Children series. The first one is Among the Hidden. And again, it's a wonderful wonderful story and it's kind of this dystopian but an ease into the dystopian life because sometimes they do love those dystopian books the kids get really into them and it's kind of the premise of that book is um there was like a population limitation almost like china's one child policy but in the united states at the time this book was written it was a two-child policy and so we have our main character luke who's the third child so he has to be hidden they found out that they broke that rule so he's a hidden child so he's one of the shadow children and can't be seen and there's you know it's it's wild and a lot happens and it's it's, there's not as many characters because he's kind of hidden away so he doesn't interact with a lot of people sure but he does connect with other shadow children and so they it's it's really interesting and the fact that doesn't have too many characters or shifting perspectives Sometimes you can get um, kids into that and they'll pick up on it quickly. If they're, again, a little more reluctant or don't feel like they're a great reader, they can dive into that one. It's not too complicated for them, but it's it's exciting. And it'll still introduce the vocab and everything that we want. Oh, so there's, there's my list. I hope that someone finds something from it. 
Yes, thank you. And listeners, don't worry, I'm going to have this all written up in our show notes. So and I'll plug in at the end of the episode where you can find those so you can don't worry, have to worry about writing as you're driving or listening. So they'll all be written down. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate that. Let's do a little bit of recap. We'll we'll do the uh, your main book flight and then your dessert pairing. So we had Refugee by Alan Gratz. Our second book was Amulet by Kazu Kibiyoshi. The third book was The Last Thing I Remember by Andrew Clavin. And our dessert pairing was Ungifted by Gordon Corman. Thank you so much. I'd love to do one other thing here to close out our episode. And we're going to shift back to your reading with our bonus pairings, which are our speed round of questions. So you can just answer these really quick. Okay. All right. So where is your favorite place to read? My favorite place to read is in my dream spot of we built a window seat, which I always wanted one. (laughs) And, you know, when it's raining and stuff, oh, it's the best. And so we've made it like really cushy and the pillows and stuff. And so I love that. We also have a hammock. So that's like second. I love to read in a hammock. It's so relaxing to be outside reading. Do you fall asleep when you're laying in the hammock? Um, I have, yes. Okay. It's like the sunny and stuff, and it's like swinging. It's like, just rock me yeah. to sleep. This is great. <laughs> That's why I was like, came to mind. I'm like, gosh, that would just be so relaxing. It might knock me out. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then what is one book that has changed your life? See, that was so tough. And I don't know if I could do it, but I think I have books that I just think books just mold you or guide you. And mm-hmm. there's, there's so many books that I've read that changed me. <laughs> so it's hard. So I think, and I know I've recommended it to you, if I'm picking up um, self-reflection books, the first one I ever got into, and I know I told you about a while ago, The Untethered Soul by yes. Michael Singer, that really changed my perspective on just self-reflection and just all everything. I was really blown away with how to handle interactions with others and how to create healthy boundaries. So I thought it was so wonderful, but I do want to say that I love so many books. Like I love J- Jodi Picoult, like the way that she understands emotion. Her writing is just fantastic. I think Ken Follett is an absolute genius. Mm-hmm. I love, I will always read one of his books. Um, and then I would throw in two more books. I'm so sorry. I can't no, like, limit I myself. <laughs> Asking but... a bookish person to narrow down to one is very challenging. I, <laughs> I was like, hopefully she'll be okay with five. Um, the, uh, the Book Thief. I don't know if you've read it. Yes. Have you read it? Yeah, but a long time ago. So you just jogged my memory on that one. Great I book. loved by Marcus. I don't want to say his name right. Zuzak. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if you ever read anything by um, Khaled Husseini, who wrote The Kite yes. Runner. Mm-hmm. Kite Runner was so hard for me. Um, that one hurt me. But mm-hmm. A Thousand Splendid Sons. Oh, my goodness. Such a beautiful book. And, you know, he just will rip your heart out and you have no control over it. But it's such beautiful writing and it's such important writing. So yeah. I just think all of those authors, plus so many others, you know, I just I love to read. And I like they could never I, I don't know if authors realize how much they do for us, but yeah. really they do. Yeah. And I think uh, with Kayla Hosseini, I think, like you said, they're tough stories, but it's, I think it's stories we should hear as well. So yes, agree with you on the important comment there. Um, And then you've already answered this one. So you prefer hard copy books, which I do, but I I really do. But it's also, and I just, I just love the feel them, but I, I do end up reading on my like tablet or on my phone. 
yeah. I don't have my tablet with me. <laughs> what a world we live in that we have all these options. It's great. No, it's great. <laughs> all right. And then lastly, what are you reading next? Oh, well, I'm reading, I just started the book Woman's Daughter. Okay. Um, did you read the, the, it's a sequel. It's by Kim Michelle Richardson. Did okay. you ever hear of the book Woman of Troublesome Creek? I have heard of it. I have not read it. It's been it's on my so, TBR for a bit. <laughs> it's so good. And I, and that's where I love, you know, historical fiction to like learn about different time periods, like you've mentioned, but mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know about the blue people of like the mountain blue people. Have you heard of them? I have read another book and it's skipping my mind what it is right now, but it's of a similar vein where she goes to the blue people and lived in that area. And, um, she was, I think she went as a teacher though, not as a, these are like librarians, right? The traveling yes, librarians. They were, and so you learn a little bit about how they would bring books to these kids in the mountains that had no access to schooling or, you know, or limited, you know, the schooling was a little rustic and, you know, they didn't have any materials or resources, but it, she would ride up like on her donkey, like a, a hilarious character, but in, in itself, but, you know, take the books to them. And, you know, she was a, a blue woman or blue person. I don't know the right terminology, the correct way to say it. But it really opened my eyes to a lot of it. It was just really, really beautifully written, too. So I'm reading that, the sequel. I'm excited. Oh, well, yeah, let me know. Maybe this is time for me to book, uh, pick up the book Women of Troublesome Creek because it has been on my list for a really long time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know your time is really precious and I appreciate the time that you've given me. Oh, thank you. It flew by. This is fun. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody's going to have some great recommendations. So thank you again. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Liliana and I in our discussion today on her YA book flight for boys. We'd love to hear what other books you might pair with your book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, Especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.